Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me to count all the cobbles that this spring has to bring us is, as always, my dear cobbly friend Sarah. How are you, cobbles? I'm all right. I am. If you can hear clicking throughout this podcast, it is because the GP Le Samin, Le Samin de Dam, is on right now. So we decided that we'd do something a little bit kind of stupid because it anchors the, the podcast in a very specific moment in time and talk shit to you while we track down coverage of the race. So uh, we'll be we'll be clicking around on Twitter and trying to trying to find updates and, and things while we also talk about everything that's been going on. Yes, and now it is. It does have a specific purpose, dear listener, because I wrote a guide to how I what how I follow women's racing as it happens. Um, and the best way is Twitter, 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 Twitter. At the moment, I am mostly following Richie Steeg. <gasps> no Richie way! Steger. I'm shocked. Richie, amazing, the bowls dormant mechanic who, when he's not picking riders off the floor from cobbly crashes and shit and fixing their handlebars, which are the wrong way around and so on, I know where handlebars go, Dan. Um, <laughs> he's tweeting live updates and Semba Stieg, the, uh, the, the, one of the Rabo DSs, is doing the same thing. So occasionally, if I start squeaking, it'll be because something's happening. Right now, they've done about 25 kilometres and Vera Kuaduda attacked madly early and is 14 seconds ahead. But it's um, small local laps with less men, which have cobbles and a climb. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it should be exciting. It's exciting, exciting, exciting. So if I suddenly start squeaking, that's why. <laughs> it's it's not because you've rusted and your your joints need some oil. No, but why else are we excited, Daniel? Well, it's been a pretty big week uh, because we've had the official launch of the spring, the spring season, uh, the classics, <laughs> and and so on the weekend we uh, we got to witness the the joy, the the enthusiasm, the chaos that is narrow roads with lots of objects in the middle of them. That's right, Omloop het Nieuwsblad. Yes, it's um. Always interesting, the first race of the year, because bless the heart, well, bless the hearts, that's really patronizing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't say that. You um, realize that's, they... that's like Southern American for you stupid fuckers. <laughs> I know, it doesn't mean that in British, it means, oh, <laughs> You can't, that's cultural appropriation. You're taking language from someone else and changing its meaning to suit yourself. I think that Bless Your Heart was said in England before it was said in America. It was not. You know what was said in England before America? Bless your art. <laughs> Don't even know what that was. That no, like a I think that's like a Cornwall pirate, is it? Something like that. Yeah. No, you will never meet a Cornwall pirate that sounds like that. <laughs> I want someone to find me a Cornwall pirate and get him to sound like that. I can find you. I'm going to build a Cornwall pirate robot. Oh my goodness, I'd love to see that. You should get your nieces to. Um, Bless your art. <laughs> anyway, we are in... It's, it's, it's always... I mean, these, these early races are always tough because you have a giant field. The Omlipet Noiseblatt, I can never say that name. I'm so sorry. Um, Omloop is the way forward, basically. It's the, it's, the, it's the total way forward with the start of the season. Everyone's excited, but it also has eight riders per team. And, and it also has a ton of teams you never normally see. Like, you know, very small teams, local teams small domestic teams with people and everyone just goes crazy because it's the first race of the year so crash yeah. crash crash and it is also like, that one because 
you know, even for even for riders from, you know, like like when we were talking to Gracie Elwood a few weeks ago, you know, like the Australian riders hit this end of the season feeling pretty confident and like they've got reasonable race form sort of behind them because they've been racing a lot of summer races here. But the roads here are wildly different to the European ones. And, yeah. you know, basically you're trying to track, trying to trying to stick twice as many riders in the peloton in half as much room. And yes. It it sometimes produces chaos, as in yes. it always produces chaos. I think I think what what I found really interesting was um, uh, was 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 Marine de Vries's blog about crashing because poor Marine crashed and broke her collarbone and she's she's got a really beautifully written blog. I know um, it's I'm really torn because it's kind of like a long form haiku. It's just so good. Um, it is so but, gorgeously written, but it's but just it's, about... it's just horrible at the same time. It's like, yeah. Ryan, can uh, can we magically? I'm waving my magic wand to try and magically heal Marine's collarbone. Yeah, I mean it's hard because so Marine's broken her collarbone, and she's saying in her blog that she was she was going fine, she was going she was going fine, she's going fine. Big crash ahead, she's going fine, avoiding it. Someone crashes in the back of her. Mm, and yeah. you know, and that's pretty much inevitable that some something's going to happen. And anyway, she describes it so beautifully. But what I think is really gutting, and what she doesn't say in her blog, but you know, you know, if you've been following her blog for a long time, is she last year was in got into the breakaway in the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup, mm. and she'd been told by her previous DS that she was rubbish at the Spring Classics, and you know, and couldn't do them and stuff. And last year, she found out that she could. Yeah, and so she was really looking forward to Drenthe. Flanders, you know these these races, and and you know she's 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 in her thirties. It's not like she's going to be. It's not like she's got unlimited time for this. Mm, you know, it's just mm. it's just it's just heartbreaking. You know, everything you've worked for and literally gone in the first race. That's yeah. just. Yeah, I mean, it's, I never... it's brutal. I mean, you know, the the only sort of positive you can take from it, really, I guess, is that it is so early in the season that she's got the opportunity to to sort of recalculate what she does for the rest of the season. But given how well she did last year and the excitement she had about coming at these classics fresh again this year, it's just it's it. it yeah, I'm sad. I'm, I'm sad. sad. Um, they, um, just quick, quick Richie Steege update. Uh, we've passed the finish line for the first time. There are four laps to go, and the gap to the leader is now 12 seconds. Oh, I've got five seconds. Really? Well, he just tweeted yeah. this six seconds ago, according to my timeline. Oh, I got one minute to go first passage line, four laps to go. To, anyway, Twitter. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Love, 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 love it. Cool. Yeah, no, um, it, it says gaps 12 seconds. New update. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. Um, um, so, yeah, so, so Marine's collarbone aside, it's, it's a really interesting set of race. Last year, none of, none of the riders who were from, um, none of the riders outside the pro teams finished. None. That's how hard it is. And um, I, before, before the race, between last time we podcasted and before the race I interviewed Tiffany Cromwell and she was saying that it's like everyone knows that the action starts at around the 50 kilometre mark because but the rest of it's all like you know shoving and pushing and you know they're all kind of um she all she was telling of, you about how she um she tapes particularly long thorns onto her elbows doesn't she so that she can just nudge people out of the way with these <laughs> well, spikes that she's be, taped on I mean it must be really interesting because I mean we've talked about this before and Mariah was talking about this the, the fact that the the way not to crash is to be at the front mm. 
Yes. But you can't put all 200 people at the front of a race. Um, no, and especially not on narrow, narrow, narrow little Belgian roads. Mm. And I can't even imagine. I, the other blog I really liked was Annika Todd. She's a, she's a Canadian rider, and she... She, it's her first time. It's like literally her first time over here doing any kind of spring classics. And you're like, holy shit. Like the trouble is, is technically you think there probably should be some warm-up races, you know, some little small warm-up races <laughs> where people could get their hand in and stuff like that. But the trouble is, is if they did have warm-up races, what would happen? You'd have all of like your big teams turning up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the those warm up races would just be hotly contested and bigger and and we, we would have the nose. same problem earlier. So yeah, it is it's I mean, at the end of the day, some race has to be the first race that everyone is attending and, and targeting. So it's yes, it's just yeah. kinda how it is. That said, um, I feel somewhat cheated in VDS because Sarah and I were talking about VDS um last week, Which obviously ahead of the deadline. Yeah, the virtual, virtual Yep, that um, that is running over at Podium Cafe. And I was saying, oh, Sarah, maybe I should put Amy Peters on my team. And she was like, no, Dan, don't be ridiculous. She's not going to have an amazing om loop. Um, just don't put her That's on your team. That's not true at all. And so then Sarah <gasps> cruelly and dastardly-ishly um, put Amy Peters on her own team. And I, I how would you? No, I, why would you say that? I'm not lying. Just, why are I you did, lying about me lying? I didn't. Uh, I I did recommend it to everyone that I take and I even wrote it in an article on Podium Cafe Park. <laughs> I've never felt more proud of being like an evil person than I do right now. That was awesome. <laughs> Horrible liar. No, I, um, I'm pretty good at it, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so anyway, without giving away what happened in the Omloop, Dan, because imagine someone's not watched it. You know, someone's waiting just are to you listen kidding? to us. How can, to how can someone have not... Oh, wow. Um, all right, well, okay. I, I forgive you if you were waiting for us, but please know in the future, don't wait for us because if you've listened to any of our podcasts before, you know the pattern goes. Sarah starts telling us about how awesome the race is. Dan jumps in at some point and just gives the whole game away. And Sarah says, Dan, I haven't finished telling everyone about the race. So Yes, that is exactly how it goes. So it was... Um, so. Uh, Lizzie Armistead attacked on the Cop de Trio. I didn't put Lizzie Armistead in my virtual team. Why? What was I thinking? Because, you know, what I was thinking was you she's going to have a great year. You were thinking games, weren't you? Mm, I don't know. I think Lizzie's going to have a great year. I mean, the trouble with Lizzie, she's a really fantastic cyclist. And, you know, you saw her as silver in the Olympic Games. Mm. But she tends to have really bizarre medical conditions. <laughs> What, like, like, like an what, extra head? Like, no, what, like, what like are you she's never heard of. Like, she had her gallbladder removed. and That's um, not unheard of. And she had... For and God's sake, like some the, sort of, you know, anemic deficiency that requires her to drink the blood of newborn children. That would be unheard of. But, and then, but her fucking gallbladder is not unheard of. And then she went to the, to the Track World Championships one year and was allergic to her hotel room. Well, I've I've been to some pretty shitty hotels. I can actually believe that. That's that's understandable. <laughs> anyway, so Lizzie attacked on the Cote de Trio. I can't pronounce these names. Can you do the pronouncy names? Um what oh, 
Hang on. Sorry, I'm distracted because I just saw um, Richie's update come in for the first of the sprints. Do you want to do that while... Um... Yeah, first of the sprints, um, Vera Kuaduda, who's still got about 12 seconds or 20 seconds or 5 seconds, depending on what you read on Twitter. <laughs> something, something between zero and all the seconds. Yes, Annalise Dom second, Jesse Darms third. Now, this is part of the Lotto Cycling Cup, which is a season-long um, series of races that, that, that have points and stuff like that. So these, although only a Belgian can actually win them, which is hilarious. But uh, yeah, so these kind of points well, and things. But this are, is also why every country should sponsor its own, you know, series of races. Because yeah, then you yeah, can make right. up all sorts of ridiculous rules, like it doesn't matter who comes first, the winner shall be the first Belgian across the line. Well, some people who watched the Giro Rosa this year for the first time were slightly surprised by them having a um, best Italian jersey. And it's, yeah, and the Giro Rosa have a best Italian jersey, so they can guarantee there's always a, um, a, a an Italian on the podium. But see, I actually, I actually genuinely, like all jokes aside, think that that's a completely valid uh, thing for a, a race organiser to do, particularly no, particularly if you're, part of your remit is to try and promote the, the region and the, the country that your race is in. Like, of course, why not? Yes, yes. I mean, it just gets a little bit funny when you um, have... Uh, say you know there are some riders. Oh come on! Have... It's better than the 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 men's Giro where they have one for best hair, best shoes, best <laughs> whitest teeth, best daybed suntan job. I mean, for fuck's sake! Like I I think a best Italian rider is fine compared to that. You know, least back hair. That's a weird fucking jersey to to have. But I mean, particularly because. I mean, it, of all the jerseys, obviously that one should be mesh just to prove it. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yes. Anyway, um, they have so Lizzie Armitstead attacking on the Coda Trio. Yes. Say that for me. The Coda Trio. And then on the Paterberg, they had another. You know, on the and it all goes crazy. Tiffany was saying that's this section between Coda Trio and Paterberg just goes bonkers because it's like they've had a couple of little climbs to get people's legs in, but that's where it just that's where the that's where traditionally the big attacks happen, and that's where the race breaks up. Out of after the Paterberg, Lizzie's Lizzie's teammate Christine Majerus, Emma Johansson, who's won this race twice in the past, and from the attacks in that point and. Uh, Liv Giant, Liv Shimano's Amy Peters. Yes. And so they're out by themselves. They, they're out by themselves, the four. And behind them, the race has just splintered into pieces and there's only 20, 20, 25 riders chasing. And it's one of those things where you're watching this on Twitter and, and it kind of gets going, going, four riders. And then after the part of strats, Christine Marjorie just couldn't keep up. And I think, you know, when you've got, when you've got two people up there, Christine and Lizzie from, from Bowles, that's a nice thing. And behind them, you'd have all of these, 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 these reports of riders attacking out to try and get up to them, like uh, Annemiek van Vleuten and Ashley Moorman and people like that. And like, but every time one of those attacks, the chase group just goes, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> why, but, why does the... Why, why does the... <laughs> Chase group sound like a grumpy old man who's chasing off a crow for stealing breadcrumbs from the seagulls he's feeding or whatever. Like that—that's weird, dude. That you like you mock my accents. That was a shitty voice. That really was. But anyway, um, so it kind of came down to the end, and you're 
and you're watching it on Twitter, and 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 you've got Richie Steeders. Um, uh, um, updates and you've got uh, uh, you know all these people's updates, Carlina's updates. So, for example, in the Samin, they said Kuruda has now not, not still not been caught despite the gap being down to five seconds at one point, and it's now up to twelve. And you're like, oh my goodness! But it was kind of coming into town, and it was going, oh yeah, you know, they're, they're ten. I, I'm, the figures aren't right because I don't have them in front of me. But you know, oh well, it's ten kilometers and a minute and a half. Now it's nine or you know twelve kilometers a minute and a half, ten kilometers in a minute, and it's literally going falling, 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 you know, like like three kilometers and thirty seconds. Like shit, are they going to get to the end before before the are the peloton going to catch them? Well, the peloton, the chase group going to catch them? And oh, is there? Sometimes it's really exciting watching races on Twitter like that because you literally don't you, you can picture it, you know, you can picture being yeah. these four these three riders up ahead, and also cat and mousing because you know. Um, if the peloton are getting that close, Amy Peters has a legitimate excuse not to work so hard because mm, yeah. her team leader, Kirsten Veald, is in the chase group. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't work. We're, um, we're, we're, we're working for a chase. Although I don't think that happened because of, you know, when you read what Lizzie, you know, Lizzie Armistead's report, you know, race reports on it, she's like, yeah, she, she, Lizzie isn't someone who puts up with that. <laughs> no, no. Lizzie... Lizzie, Lizzie Armit said in Emma Johansson in a chase group with someone's not working are basically just going to be yelling at you. You're just like going to be riding along being yelled at. Oh, man. I, I don't know if I've ever wanted to be in, in a breakaway with two riders more. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't work. I'd just, you know, enjoy being yelled at. But do you remember the Olympics in the final bit where they're in the pouring rain when it was like um, Lizzie and Shelley yeah, and yeah. Marianne? And Lizzie's just basically yelling. Well, I was really impressed because in the pissing rain, she actually got her off her bike and walked across and, and shook other riders by the shoulders and then climbed back on a bike and, and kept going. It was one of the fastest dismounts, remounts I've ever seen. That didn't happen. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I had to clarify that. <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes, Sarah, I think you just got to let him go. I, I'm hoping our audience is smart enough to be able to tell when, when I'm making them up. And honestly, anyone, know, anyone who believed that kind of deserved to be left believing that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm hoping that our dear listener um, knows that anything you say is just the serial bit you Uh, I'd, I'd anyway, argue that, but it's it's fair. I've earned it. Anyway, we're in the last <laughs> kilometre, and at the last kilometre, it's literally the peloton's just, rawr, you know, 10 seconds back at the beginning of the last kilometre. And Amy Peters jumps off sprints, just like we saw her do, well, we didn't see her this time, but just like we saw her do in the Tour of Qatar, sprints, wins. Emma Johansson second, Lizzie Armitstead third, um, Lisbeth de Vogt winning the bunch sprint just six seconds back with Kirsten Veld in fifth. And yeah, first race done, man. Yeah. First race done. And it was a really good, really exciting, really fun race. Um, and I think I'm hoping bodes well for an exceptional spring, you know. Um, I, yeah. I'm still cautiously. I actually maybe maybe now's a good time, Sarah, for you to give me the the broad European winter update, like. You know, last year winter kind of hung around for seven extra months and just froze everything uh, on a daily basis. Is are we in danger of that happening again this year? No, I think we're in danger of getting washed away by rain. Who knows? This is Europe. I mean, 
yeah, at the moment it's a nice sunny day, fairly balmy, a bit cold. Um, yeah, oh, no, I didn't ask didn't ask about English weather. I was asking about European weather. So it's just changeable, man. It could do anything. Okay. Rave. Okay. My, 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 so, um, my, so we can't safely rule out another bout of frozen eyeballs, is what you're no, saying. No, I mean, I'm, you know, I think the fact, I think we probably won't, we're not going to be as freezing as it was last year. No frozen, I think frozen eyeballs are ruled out, but yes, yes, yes. Um, I've got videos, videos of the race. Um, yes, there's, there was a whole minute on sports, sir. Woo! Sort of. But there's a couple more videos. There's a couple of two and a half minute videos with um, with Lizzie describing her attack in English and actually watching her attack um, and things like that. If you want to see them, go to our blog, prowomenscycling.com and hit up our podcast post and you'll be able to see the videos and all the stuff that we put in normally and lots of things we didn't get around to talking about because we talk too much. Um, I especially like the video, the homemade video from the Icerex team. They're a tiny team. Um, they have a Basque rider, um, Irene San Sebastian, who's, um, who rides in the training group with um, a guy we know from Podium Cafe, Brewery, who's... who's um, whose shelter training group is you know is full of stars so yeah she yeah. came 11th um which is amazing because like i say normally the people from those small teams don't even get to finish the race yeah, yeah. and there's no and there's no there's no um what's the word for it there's no shame in not finishing this race because they get pulled off the roads very quickly because obviously yes. the men are coming down the same roads yeah so yeah. Yeah, so so not finishing isn't necessarily an inability to finish. It's a uh, it's part of the way that the course marshalling is managed. They're actually quite yeah, they're, they're, quite aggressive in pulling riders. Um, yeah, and and yeah. you know riders that in other races wouldn't you know would be allowed to finish six minutes back and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. tends not to happen in the omelet. So first race done. Um, Wow. Um in, in the Samin, Vera Kurdud has been caught by the uh by the by the by the by the by the bunch and Emma Johansson's just won the first mountain climb prize, mountain points prize, with Amy Peters in second. <laughs> weird, um, weird that those two were um uh, are at it again. Um I I do wonder, what do you reckon? Like, are you thinking that this is going to be another one of those seasons where Emma's in for a huge rash of, like, seconds and maybe maybe breaks that streak of silvers by getting a third? Or... Well, well, Emma hasn't won a World Cup since 2009 when she won the Ronda van Drenthe, yeah? Emma Johansson suffers greatly from the fact that... <sighs> By all rights, she should be the best all-rounder out there, yeah? She can sprint, she can climb, she's a classics, you know, she's tactical, yep. Yep. she never misses a break, she's classics. But the there, only... there is one other rider who, who likes to win World Cups, though, who, who you know, also, likes, say... also likes to win trophies. And, um... Yeah, and, and, who's, and who's basically... So you've got Emma and this one other rider... Who are basically very, very, very similar riders. It's just the other rider is Mariana Fox. Yeah, the other one's just you know got that little bit of edge of the fox, and uh, yeah, Woo. yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love. I mean, Emma last year famously had her eight, her first eight races, um, where she was on the podium for all eight of them, and she yeah. actually won the small French race, but it doesn't really count because. <laughs> 
yeah, because you know it's it's not a big race, and uh, but you know and 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 poor woman that must just kill you. And she said that she would trade all those second places, all those UCI points, for winning a damn race. But she is in luck this year. <laughs> this thing feels awful because she's she's because she's such a great rider, and I don't want to sound like I'm dissing her, and I'm not. But Mariana Voss doesn't return to the peloton until Flesh Wallon. Right, right. So, so there's a bit of a window this year that wasn't there last year, is basically. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the 19th of April, and by the time mm. we have flesh flesh will on, we've had three. So, one of the big, if you don't know this already, one of the biggest competitions for women is the Road World Cup, and um, it's nine races this year. And the first three races are Ronda van Drenthe, Trofeo Alfreda Binder, Ronda van Blander, and Flesh Vallon. So, yep. yeah. So, this could be. But then that would be even worse, wouldn't it? You know, would that, that would eat you alive, wouldn't it? Oh, I've won! A, I've won my first World Cup since two thousand and nine. How fantastic! <laughs> yeah, well, I, I imagine the the problem is, you know, it's it's. I mean, I, I guess a lot of a lot of sports have this sort of issue when there's any rider who's quite dominant. You know, there's always that question mark. Then, oh well, rider X wasn't here this year. You know, I mean, on the for the men in in the classics, we we've seen that over the last couple of years when at various times Fabian Cantillon and Tom Bonin have been out with injury or or whatever. Um, yeah. And people are like, yeah, well, you know, he won and blah blah blah. But Bonin wasn't there or Fabian wasn't there and. Uh, like well fuck it you know like a win's a win a race is a race um you know like i don't i i understand the natural tendency to make those sort of you know to ask those kind of questions but the truth is we, we just don't know like you, you can't say that the race yeah. would have gone significantly differently with one other rider there you know yeah um, yeah so and, and, and and you know the the thing is is like when you think about for example last year Elisa Longo Borghini winning Trofeo Binder in mm. in a move I thought was doomed because she went out really early in in the Trofeo Binder ends with laps with this brutal climb really rainy um and Elisa basically went out way early and like three laps to go or something yeah and, yeah and I and I was like yeah great good to see her animating the race she's not going to win <laughs> I know so much about women's cycling, <laughs> and I think I said, I think I said, oh no, I think she's got a chance. And Sarah was like, no, Dan, you know nothing about women's cycling. And Dan is now, Dan is now projecting because that was a different race. <laughs> it could have happened twice. Just, <laughs> just, because it didn't doesn't mean I couldn't have been right a second time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, update on Lesamin. It's high speed. Trixie Warwick's tried to attack, and they're at forty kilometers. And yeah, basically, are we going to finish this podcast before they finish the race? I doubt that. I actually, it's going to be. It's a different kind of race. It's a race of two races. Um, we've got to try and finish before the race does. Uh, okay. What do you think, Richie meant though by the several riders in the problems? Um, he's he basically he's tweeting in a second language and he's doing it very fast while trying to deal with things. So yeah, he basically yeah. needs I to, do lots always, of riders having difficulties. I do always have this sort of mental image of you know how the the classic anytime someone goes back for a mechanical, um, there's the the ubiquitous mechanic leans out the car window, grabs the seat post, and pretends to fiddle with the brakes for a moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my mind, Richie's doing that, but he's got his phone in his other hand and he's tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Which is really unfair, but it just adds to my mental comedy. And yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, and in fact, Megan Megan Garnier was saying 
on Twitter. I'm so sorry. I had so many problems and I stopped Richie tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Mm, awesome. Well, um, I guess I guess maybe we should move along. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other race that happened last week was the Vuelta um, Vuelta Costa Rica, which was, if I remember correctly, a five stage race and. It was won by Olga Zabalinskaya. She came back from maternity leave right at the end of the season last year. Um, and, yeah, obviously she's she's doing well, relatively well. I mean, well, I, I may have issues with some... I was going to say... Uh, not, these not, South Central Americans... Yeah, like, not to, not to be rude or anything, but, you know, I was going to ask, you know, how much can we rely on these races as a quality indicator of form and, and that sort of thing as well? I mean, I, I find them difficult because, I mean, obviously, not everyone wants to ride the cobbles. And the teams that go out there this year, there was Ali Cipollini, um, uh, Astana B-Pink and Rosfello. I mean, and Cipollini and B-Pink are... Italian teams, they're not really, you know, they they're not they're not about the spring classics. They're they're just not. They're about the the, the Italian style races, things like the Giro, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And Rosfello, you know, like, like I mean, it's 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 completely. I, I okay. I'm having this problem because next week there are the El Salvador races, and they're all UCI point one, which is the highest ranking for women's, you know, for women's races, and they've got a handful of. Uh, like right. three or, three or mm. four day races and then they've got a, 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 a tour and on the one hand I think it's absolutely fantastic that because they're point one races they attract teams who wouldn't normally go because they can get some easy UCI points because mm. you know you're, you're Astana B-Pink well you know Alina Amielusic she's definitely going to win a stage she's going to end up high in the GC yeah but but at the same time, I find that really annoying because um, it doesn't reflect the significance of the races as they are. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just I, I mean I understand it from from that functional point of view where it heavily incentivizes and makes sure that you get a good field at these races. But at the same time, like how is how are they ranked higher than like the Elmwood? Like. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so Omloop is point two, and mm. the two races in Drenthe that are either side of the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup, um, which have exactly the same field as the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup, are ranked point two. And it's just, I mean, it feels like it's one of those things where you're artificially inflating the the the, the points for riders in those areas um you know from in the non-traditional cycling countries and i do think it's very good that actually you know if you're a rider who's who's not who's not got this anywhere near the same opportunities and you could see it in you could see it in argentina and you could see it here you you know riders who don't even have a you know riders who don't have a tt bike riders who don't have an aero helmet when they're going into the tt you know we saw it in the track world champs you know riders who are going out to do a tt on you know what i mean like like on their on their on their normal helmet because yeah yep. on, because their, they on their road bike with their normal helmet because they don't have alternate gear 
yeah. yeah. And so I guess so. You know, there's a part of me that thinks it's great that these that, that that South and Central American riders get the chance to you know make connections with big teams and and, mm. and you know maybe get spotted and even if they don't get spotted winning because you know it is fucking yeah. hard to when you're a you know you're not you're not going to be able to be a full time rider. Well, and also just to get that exposure, you know, it's kind of like when we were talking about during Qatar with um, with Chloe Hosking and um, and a bunch of her teammates going riding with the the women's like the Qatari women's team, um, you know, just having that opportunity and exposure, being able to ask questions and 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 stuff like that, you know, must be hugely beneficial. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I I get it. I just I just kind of feel like we there's got to be a better way to to make those races attractive and to ensure that you get attendance from the the teams that you know at, at the higher end of the sport to support them without basically artificially jigging the the measurement of the ranking of the races yeah yeah know? yeah Part of, part of the thing is, is some 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 races don't go for one point. You know, for example, Drenthe, they don't need to pay the extra money and to take on the extra, um, what's the word for it? Um, responsibilities. You know, responsibilities, because they know that everyone's going to be out there for the Ronde van for the Ronde van Drenthe, and everyone's going to ride those two races because they're they're significant races. You know, mm, mm. and Omnipet Noisblad, it doesn't matter that it's point two. If you're a cobbles person, you're in it. You know. Yep, yep. Unless you're somewhere else, but you know, yeah. But then mm. the other irony is that, of course, Omelette Hetnoisblatt, there's fixed cameras all over the place. Obviously, the whole thing's been filmed because we've seen these these little titty these little titty clips. Mm. But, mm. but and yet we get like you know a minute, two and a half minutes, you know. Yeah, and we're still we're still here. We are again in 2014, relying on you know um, good fortune. Uh, so that Richie has enough time in the car to keep us informed via tweets. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, like, why the fuck can we not at least in this day and age get an audio stream from the the, the race radio from the the yeah, race? Although having having been in a team car. <laughs> yeah. No, but my point is, my point is though, like you know, there's enough fans around. We could listen to that and all tweet each other and translate it. What do you think that meant, or or whatever? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, Richie is literally at work, being distracted from his job to give us information that we should get freely available from the UCI or race organisers. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's just insane, just insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I. Uh, uh. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Richie, over in the cement, Trixie Warwick, while we've been talking, has made a couple of attempts to get away on the climb and on the flat, but keeps getting caught. Mm. Trixie, rider most likely to win, most aggressive rider ever. <laughs> um, last week, there was also the most incredible... Oh, my God. I still am suffering from sleep deprivation from staying up to watch it all the time. Ah, no sympathy. Tra Zero sympathy. Actually, negative, world. negative value sympathy. Oh my god, here we go, a feet Europeans complaining, la la la. It's not my fault you choose to live in the back of beyond. Um, uh, no, it's not that. I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's your fault that you choose to put all your races on at shitty times. We put them on in the daylight, man. You could put them on earlier in the day, like just a couple nah. of hours earlier. That would help. 
poor. I, I do feel for the Australians because, Actually, oh my God. To be, to be fair, this time of year is the hardest because um, once we end our daylight savings time and Europe goes on to daylight savings time, the time difference swings back by a, a collective two hours. So normally a race will finish approximately 1am for us during most of the season. But at the moment, because of that extra two hour difference, it's more like 3am. So Yeah, and that's and I yeah. was basically staying up to 3am to watch Track World Championships! Track! Ah, which was great for us because, you know, it was on during the day. So It was amazing. It was so good. Um, well, it was a weird, I mean, fucking weird. I have never seen a races where because it's a half indoor half outdoor velodrome wind was an issue mm, mm. which is very very interesting and i think what was it really interesting about it was the i think the effect that it had on the bunch races because the bunch races were all just i mean obviously things like the scratch and the points race and the omnium elimination and stuff are, are my favorite they're, they're my favorite races but but they're just even more attacking and crazy than normal just yeah, just oh, oh! Did you actually watch any of it, Daniel? Yeah, I watched some of it. I uh, I saw Australia get our second ever World Points Championship. Uh, Only the second ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh my god! I assumed that you'd like had millions of them. No, no. Uh, we've had um, Catherine Bates and now Amy Cure. So uh, haven't men won that one? Oh, men ride bikes really? Don't their balls fall off or something? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the points race was amazing. And, and Amy Cure was, she was one of my favourite riders of the games anyway because um, in the individual pursuit, she'd, she'd got bronze in the team pursuit with Australia, with England, with Great Britain winning and Canada second. Um, very interesting because GB basically fucked up quite badly in that race but they were really really lucky because they chosen to use spoky wheels a spoky front ah, wheel right. front wheel but also canada lost their fourth rider very very early on yep so it was basically four british riders against but to be uh, fair <laughs> to be fair a spoky wheel would kind of make sense with um with wind with in the wind. velodrome also um the bunch of split in le salmon um no no really is warwick Moolman and Elise Delzen. Yeah, yeah. So. That is two specialised Lululemons. And Ash Moolman, who had this amazing tweet after OH, about uh, after Omloop, where she's saying, I fell in love with cobbles today. I always thought I was terrible at them. I've always been told that I was terrible about them, terrible at them. And and it's and, and just like how happy she was to finally, to, you know, to be enjoying them and loving yeah, them. Yeah, so oh. um, this... this... Oh. This could turn real interesting real quick, so... Mm. So happy, yes. Anyway, um, so, yes, yeah, so um, Amy Cure had won the... Had, had, had got a bronze in the um, team pursuit, and then she matched up in the individual pursuit, in the ride for bronze, against Hannah Solovey. Yes. And Hannah... And that's interesting, because during their juniors' career, they raced against each other a lot, because they're, they're, they're both 21, I think, um, maybe Hannah's 22, but they've definitely, you know, they definitely had at least one year of juniors together. Um, and, you know, and Hannah, Hannah beat Paulina Fram Prevot and Amy Cure to win the junior ITT championship one year, for example. And, mm -hmm. and Amy, Amy's won a junior world champ, you know, being a junior world champion on the track. 
But of course, as you probably know, Hannah Solovey then got done, got caught for steroids and had a two-year doping ban at the ripe old age of 19 and mm. was back last year. Yes, yes indeed. So watching Amy versus Hannah was 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 very, very interesting for me and I was super, super happy that, that um, Amy won because, I mean, the, the issue with steroids is it's not like EPO because if you carry on training after you've taken steroids, then the effects of them still benefit yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. If, you, if you've used them to build muscle mass and you maintain the, the training, then you retain that benefit. So Yeah, and, um, and, and also if you take, apparently if you take steroids while you're still growing, they affect you forever. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. But, Someone told me. I don't know. Um, I read it on the internet. It must be oh, true. Well, then, obviously. Uh, but you know, question. it's like. But but you know, like like yeah, and especially for girls, you know, it's. Mm, mm, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, um, oh, and so I also watched a bit of the Omnium. Um, and no, no, the, we haven't told what happened in the points race. Well, you have said because you won. Yeah, no, said, I said exactly. Um, like the only oh, bit that matters. I, it was such an exciting race, and it was so lovely to watch. She was really, it was really attacky and crazy, and lots of laps being taken, a real fight right to the finish. And Amy had this lovely race. And I think that's was, what I really loved was like the last, I guess. Um, 10 laps like the last sort of five sprints were really really super tactical you know you don't uh, need five sprints it was the oh. last sprint 10 to go and then the, the penultimate sprint was 10 to go and then the last sprints across the line well you know what i mean yeah, yeah. anyway the the it was it was really it was cool it's just so good and she was so and i loved her interview afterwards because she was you know they, they got her where she was still bright red and panting from having finished the race. And, and she just ran up the banking and got completely hugged by her team pursuit teammates. And it was adorable and just, oh, so, so lovely. And, yeah, it was just great. And 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 then her interview was lovely. But I also thought it was really, really funny because Kate Bates, the last Aussie to win the points race, um, was laughing at her because she was saying in all her interviews, "Oh, I've waited so long for you know, I had my I had my junior world championship gold, and I've been waiting <laughs> so long yeah. to, to, to yeah. get an individual elite gold." And Kate's like, "You're 21." <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it, it is. You know, when you're 21, like you know, waiting three years does seem like an inordinately long time, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but yeah, lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely, deserving, deserving winner. Um, I also loved the scratch race. Did you see the scratch race? I, Did I force you to watch the scratch race on video? I didn't see the scratch race. No. So the scratch race is a really easy race to follow. Basically, the first person across the line wins. And um, it was in the last couple of laps. There was this killer attack by Kelly Joyce and um. Caroline Ryan of Ireland. Kelly Joyce is one of, I think, the 11 million Joyce sisters. Uh, so half the population of, of um, Belgium or...? Half the population of the Peloton. There's, there's, at the moment, there's three Joyce sisters. Kelly, Demi and Lenny are all on top sport of Flanderen. And you will spot these, these girls because there's a couple more to come. And basically, when we're watching the junior races that happen, we'll be watching little Joyce's. It's just a matter of course. Um, yes. But yes, this is Kelly. She's, she's, I think she's only 23. She might be younger. She won the scratch race in super style and just had this most incredible like oh my god i can't believe i've done it reaction and you know <laughs> it was the first medal of the games and it was just lovely so yeah and then yeah and you saying the omnium you know omnium won by sarah hammer mm, with mm. 
Well, a trot second in in typical Sarah Ham. Sometimes Sarah Hammer just goes out and wins all the events. Yeah, yeah. Although it was it was really interesting for me in um, I think it was the elimination race when um, Sarah was basically riding Laura Trot style while Laura Trot was riding Sarah Hammer style. Oh my god, it was amazing! It's like the elimination race. You ride around the track, and every two laps there's a sprint, and the last rider to cross the lap is eliminated from the race. And Laura Trot is known from riding from the back. So that every time, oh my god, she's not going to make it, she's not going to make it, she's not going to make it. How does she make it? Oh my god, and you, you have a lap to kind of get your heart rate down if you're supporting her, and then she does it all over again. And, and it was very funny, actually, listening to the BBC commentators, because they were all like, um, oh, um, oh, uh, uh, you know, um, oh, she's in real trouble. Oh, Sarah Hammer's in real trouble. Oh, Sarah Hammer's in real in trouble. And you're like, oh my god, she's just using Laura Trot, trot tactics. Very bizarre. It was really weird because because it was so unusual for her. I genuinely thought the first couple of times that she might have actually been in real trouble, um, but then it turned out that she was, you know, just doing it different. Yeah, yeah. and she won. It yeah, worked for her. She won. She won the race. She won the whole thing. And the other thing, the other thing you should look at is gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. The riders of the games, the riders of the games were Miriam Welter and Christina Vogel. The German sprinters. They started off winning the team sprints, and then Miriam won the 500 meters, and then Christina won the sprint and the Kieran. Yes, yes. And they tweeted this fantastic picture of all their. They were sharing a room, of all their rainbow jerseys and medals spread out on the bed together. Best haul of the games, they thought. But Christina Vogel is. They're both. Put, they both. They're German. They work for the police. They're hilarious. Lovely, lovely. Smiley, friendly people. I think Vogel's only twenty-three. Really, this is her second sprint world champs victory. Lovely. Um, at the end, after the Kieran, she was doing that thing where she's just playing with the crowds. The crowds <laughs> loved her, and she loved the crowds. And she's like doing that thing where she's, I can't hear you cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did, did you say something? I couldn't. I didn't quite catch that. Yes. But you know, the crowd there in the Cali, it's the velodrome in Cali, and they have literally, I, I hadn't believed this, but salsa, do I mean salsa or do I mean samba for Cali? Uh, I honestly don't know. I'm I'm not the connoisseur of, of rhythmic dancing that you believe but dance in to be. Dancing in the stands, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it did make me laugh too, because I love the British cycling photographer. I love it. It's really good. But I was reading some of their um, some of their captions, and they had even more partisan captions than normal. So they'd have a picture with they'd have a picture of like Christina Vogel winning the race uh, against Becky James, who who was the world champion last year in the sprint and the Kira, yeah. and it would go something like Christina Vogel won the race just like Becky Becky James did last year. <laughs> oh well, that's better than I thought it would be. I, I thought I thought you were going to say you know the caption read Becky James with a German rider <laughs> <laughs> no it literally was like they couldn't like write one nice comment about her like like you know it was like oh becky christina vogel repeats becky james's achievement of last year like well yeah but i mean i really love becky james she's a fantastic rider and seems a really lovely person i've met her dad she's great um but you know you can't say that someone who's just won three gold medals is repeating the achievement of someone who won two gold medals last year. <laughs> um, um, anyway, we've got tons of videos. I especially recommend the photos of where you at, where you at Wong, um, who's who's lovely. Um, 
we've got a link i've linked to all the videos and if you want to know what happened in the men's race i you know maybe you can see those through that link too mm. um listening update yes they've um, caught there have been attacks the bunch is in all pieces and now it's back together at least del zen has attacked again and they're closing in on the cobbled climb for the second time Indeed, and we're on track to finish this podcast before the race ends, maybe. Woohoo! Maybe. Woo-hoo! We'll see. We'll see how we so, go. So are we, ready to, are we ready to travel to Richmond yet, do you think? Or... No, we're traveling to Richmond via Britain. Via? Oh, geez, the long way around. Okay, let's do it. We're going to Richmond via Britain because we saw the launch, lots of launch stuff from the Tour of Britain. Mm, yeah, yes. With um, um, including... Including, including um, video by Hannah Barnes, who's, who's, who's a British superstar on the road, crit star, now riding in the USA with United Healthcare, talking about how she's going to come back and hopefully win everything because she's in my team. Huh. And, yeah. and videos with um, Matrix Volpine's um, uh, Harry Owen because Matrix Volpine's small British team get to race this race. Yeah. And they've announced the top the first 11 teams who are coming and we've got like a really interesting mix because you know teams like high tech and bowls we're actually going to have british cycling are actually putting in a team gb oh really really yeah interesting for the first time out it's the first time outside worlds of or juniors are i can't remember the last time i saw a team gb probably around the time when nicole cook was still around right right so eons ago Eons ago. I mean, I suppose they're doing it because it would be hugely embarrassing not to. But the Team GB captained by Lucy Garner. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I assume that because because um, because Tour of Britain. Sorry, we're not allowed to call it the Tour of Britain. The Women's Tour, because the Women's Tour, which we have to imagine of Britain at the end of it, is uh, <laughs> is is very close to the sprinty um, Chongming Island Chinese round of the World Cup. Yep. So, um, I, so Kirsten Veald will be out there with her, t- with with Lucy Garner's team, um, Liv Shimano, and Lucy will be racing in Britain with a Team GB. I can't believe we're having a Team GB. This is like British. I mean, I guess in British cycling would just be embarrassed if they didn't. <laughs> but it is absolutely, you know, Mariana Voss is racing here. Riders like Tiffany Cromwell are coming over. It's going to be a really great race, and it's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. It is Make rather tickets. nice of them, I think, to put a race on in honour of your birthday. I think I think that's pretty sweet. Uh, it's very nice that they're putting it on in honour of my birthday. Yes, I'm, mm. I'm very mm. happy. You. Thank you. Thank you to Sweet Spot and especially to Guy Elliott. Yes. yes. So um, if you are at all in the in the greater European area, you should get along to the Women's Tour of Britain yeah. um, and buy Sarah a birthday beer. If you would like instead to send me money to buy Sarah a birthday beer, I promise to totally buy beer with your money. <laughs> and drink it on my birthday. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I'll drink it for sure. I will definitely buy beer, and the beer will be drunk. So you know, um, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Um. Other other videos we saw about races coming up were the videos from the Richmond 2015, who the, the 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 world world championships in the USA in in eighteen months' time. Mm. They they launched some lovely videos of each course and it's like this combination of a video of the course describing the course and then you've got three american riders including andrea dvorak talking about 
oh, this, you know, this is what the course means. And then someone from the local council or the mayor of the local area or whatever talking about all the amazing things you can do while you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go so much. <laughs> Which is exactly what those videos are designed to do. So, you know, I, it, no, but, it will be exciting. But they don't normally work so well. These really are, you know, you're sitting there going, oh my God, that race sounds amazing. Oh my God, rapids in the middle of the city. Oh, that trail looks nice. <laughs> oh, that restaurant looks nice. Uh, see, so oh so well done, Virginia. You're winning, you're winning Sarah over. Awesome. I never even knew Richmond existed until, I'm sorry, Americans, I'm just a crappy European. I never even realised Richmond existed until they got the... Um, to the, to the, be well, fair... I don't know that that many Americans are going to be disappointed that you didn't know that there was a city called Richmond in Virginia. I don't, I yeah. don't, I think, you know, like in terms of, you know, forgetting say New York, LA, Chicago, I mean, arguably even some of the, the sort of other cities like Minneapolis or, or Austin in Texas or something I've like that, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, but see, if you were forgetting those, then I think they would probably feel disappointed. But if you, if you're not knowing Richmond in Virginia, I think you're reasonably safe. That's like knowing the capital of Delaware. Oh. Um, yeah. Kentucky? <laughs> no, that's Texas. <laughs> Sarah, wins. Sarah, wins. Sarah wins at US Geography. Congratulations, Sarah. Well done. What's the capital of Delaware? Um, I... I I actually don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess Wilmington, and then we'll look it up after the podcast and put it in the comments. And it's going to be somewhere really obvious. Anyway, we also had other Richmond news this week, didn't we? Uh, Yeah, well, we did. Um, uh, Oh, shit, I've completely forgotten now. I'm all hung up on Delaware. One of my one of my favorite favorite games with Dan is is segue is do is playing this segue game where we've talked about things and before we start about what we're going to talk about and things. Yeah, but you always you always dump these segues on me when I'm completely distracted by something else. <laughs> That's why I do it. <laughs> that is the worst in segues ever. Bitch. Oh. Well, you know, I guess that's I guess that's I guess that's fair revenge for the time that you tricked me into not putting Amy Peters on my VDS team. No way! I should be getting revenge on you for that. You know Damn what? I told him to put Amy Peters on his team, and I don't even you know. You did not. You never. You never told me that. You never told me to do that. Right. You give the update on the Samin. I am going to find something to read to you. <laughs> um. Oh, my, my feed's lagging behind, actually, because the last update I've got is is just the leaders back in the bunch. Oh, um, I've got Ossie Je- Ossie McCle- Oss- uh, Jesse McLean attacking on the climb. Oh, awesome. Go, Jess Mac. Woo! Uh, oh, Jesse McLean, she's an Orica rider. I don't quite know what she's doing attra- attacking on the climb because she's a sprinter, but I think she's just yeah, doing just it. Yeah, just do fun. it. Yeah, I mean, I think she's doing it for shits and giggles. That would be the reason. Shits- Shits and giggles. Um, the people who, but then the people, the, the results of the second Burger Priest, the Mountain Prize. I don't think she got away because the results of the second Mountain Prize were Michael Pohl's poll and Audubianic. Cool, cool. Um, in the meantime, thank you for that for buying me a little bit of time because I've caught back up mentally. And uh, the other bit of Richmond news that is quite exciting is that Richmond have just concluded their international film festival. And uh, our friend uh, who we interviewed last year about this very film project, Catherine Bettine, um, was, was the proud recipient um, on behalf of the film 
um, and, and everyone who contributed to the film, um, of the People's Choice Award at the Richmond International Film Festival. Uh, she did? Yeah, which Half is fantastic. The Half the Road. Um, Half the Road, the women's cycling film. Yeah. One, the, the, uh, oh, I saw a, a hilarious exchange between, someone was comment, someone saw it and made a comment to Jonathan Waters about why did you drop, you know, I was particularly, I, I <laughs> yes, my yes. Jonathan Waters. Someone, why, someone unfollowed him on Twitter and he was yeah, like, what he, did I do? <laughs> He was very stroppy about it, and mm. um, and he actually used the perfect line that he couldn't be sexist because his wife is a women's studies professor. <laughs> so what? What she wouldn't let him? I, I don't understand. No, no, he couldn't possibly be sexist because a sexist man would never marry a women's studies professor. Right, right, okay. Well, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. Um, I think that kind of that. that Basically, is saying some of my best friends are black. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, sorry. A lawyer has just come barging into my room, waving his hands, making the you know th- uh, cutting your throat gesture. Like, I, I think we need to change the subject. He's... So yeah, so back to back to Richmond. So yeah, half the road. Um, half the road is coming to two places in very soon that you can see it in Tucson, Arizona. See, I know where Tucson is. At the Loft Theatre, it's going to be on the tenth Monday, the tenth of March, with a Q and A by mm. Catherine. And if you are in the UK, it's going to be shown as part of the Sheffield Adventure Film Festival yeah. on the sixth of April. And I do actually um, need to catch up um, with Catherine because. Um, I know that she was planning to enter it into the Sydney Film Festival this year as well, uh, but if that does not uh, take place, um, we'll be, uh, we as in I will be looking to try and organise a screening somewhere here in Sydney. So yes. if you're uh, interested, stay tuned. We will provide details either way uh, so that we can all go see it on a big screen somewhere and boo the, the baddies and cheer the goodies and drink beer. <laughs> I imagine you do this at all films and get kicked out of cinemas quite regularly. I don't get kicked out. You've just got to be circumspect in how you drink. So I'm thinking more about the cheering and the booing. Oh, no, I don't. Actually, I'm one of those people who really hates people who talk in movies. So, I, But see, oh. I also suffer in silence. I once went to the movies and there was this lady in the row behind me who kept putting her feet on the chairs in front of her um like the the one sort of next to me but it was you know how the chairs are all sort of joined together so when she kicked it or put a you know put a foot on it hard it would push all four chairs at once which would be my chair as well and she just kept doing this the whole movie and I, and and i just suffered through the whole movie because i'm one of these people who i can't stand people talking in movies i just sat there and stewed the whole way through and then got to the end and just made this really kind of bitchy you know these are all joined together and when you do that like it, it uh, and she was like oh, you should have said something i'm one of those people who will go and confront people who won't shut the fuck up and the last and and when i was in watching singing in the rain on the big screen and this guy a couple of rows back who before each song would start would start going and before the big reveal, the first big reveal of the actress has a very... She's got a very squeaky voice, you know. Uh, <laughs> My all-time favourite cinema talking story, though, was um, I once... I went and saw the movie Heat with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino when it was new at the cinema. And um, there was this couple who... It's quite a long movie. It's like over two hours. And... Um, 
obviously were pretty heavy smokers because they would get up and leave every 10 minutes or so to go have a cigarette. But they would take it in turns. <laughs> so they one of them would get up and leave, go have a cigarette and come back. Every single time they'd be like, they'd, they'd lose where they were. So they'd be calling out their friend's name, you know, Jess, where are you? Oh, right. And they'd come sit back down and then they'd go, what did I miss? <laughs> and then they'd catch the other person up and then that person would get up and leave and come back and do it again. Oh, I hate people so much. <laughs> Anyway, that's what's going to happen. Uh, so, Tucson on the 10th of March, Sheffield on the 6th of April. The film is in festival season at the moment, but once festivals, once it's finished in festivals, then there's then there's going to be lots of um, screenings organised all over the place. On the halftheroad.com website, if you want one in your area or have got any ideas of where it can be shown, get in touch. And there's also you can sign up to get you know or to get updates on where it's going to be shown and yep. things. So yep. you know do it because it's a really great film, very interesting, won an audience prize. Crap films don't do that, maybe. Um. No, I don't think they do. I, I certainly don't think crap films, you know, encourage people to seek other people out on Twitter and and tell them that they're unfollowing them and and stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that we're all going to be delighted at what an awesome film this is. Um, yeah. yeah, so do check it out. Also, do help it out. If you would like it to come to a cinema near you, make you sure to visit that. the site. Yeah, I know, I know, but they've got that whole function on it where you can actually register that you want to bring it to your town. So I just said that. I'm saying it again. For fuck's sake, it bears repeating, woman. <laughs> <sighs> you know it doesn't count until the man says it, Sarah. I just I don't know... <laughs> I don't know why I have to explain this to you over and over and over again. Have I been obnoxious enough yes, yet? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, things we haven't got time to talk about, but you can go and see on our blog. We've got links to interviews this week with Emma Pooley um, and Julie Leth on riding, and also two people that are actually involved in running races. Casey Manfield Lloyd, who's the women's director of the new Red Hook Crit for Women. That's a series of crits that happens all over the world. There's now women's ones. Woohoo! And also with Heather Bamforth, who's um, who does a lot of work with Cycling Development Northwest to get women racing and this is everything from you know running taster you know skills sessions through to getting you know races for cat threes you know women's races for cat two cat twos and cat threes because it can be very scary if you've only just started racing and you're thrown in straight at the deep end mm. heather's amazing um go and read that there's also an interview with Hanka Kupfenagel, the incredible superstar where in passing she mentions that she's suing the rust fellow team mm -hmm. wow that's interesting yeah, um, I mean, you wouldn't really want to get on to the wrong side of Hanker because she's been, you know, she's the first ever cyclocross world champion in 2000. But to get that, she had to fight really damn hard. A, that people would let women ride cyclocross. B, that there could be World Cup. C, that they could get prizes for them. D, that there could be world championships. She's a really super strong woman. I really, really admire her. So if she's suing Russ Fellow, that's interesting. Mm, yes, um, that is. I, I mean, I assume from the in passing part of this that there's there's no more detail. So no, no more detail. Mm. Well, it's in the hands of lawyers. Yes, yes. Which um, wow. Okay. Mm. Yes. 
Yes. Um, I also really, really liked, um, on Australian news, um, obviously you should read the Cycling Victoria Wednesday Women's Wrap-Up, but I liked that Kimberly Wells, um, Kimbers Wells, Dr. Kimbers Wells, mm. is, um, was, was advertising a way that if you want to help Aussie Team Specialised Securator, you can do it by buying raffle tickets that enable you to win a specialised bike, Lululemon goodies, all sorts of fun things, $5 yeah. each. It's it's a pretty bloody impressive prize list actually. It's a, and and it's it's a it's a good bike. Like it's not a it's not the low end of the specialised range. It's a it's a quality bike that they've got up there as their major prize. But even the other prizes um, are really good. Hell, even yeah. the even the hundred bucks worth of capo socks I'd take. That's yeah. Have you have you bought a ticket then? Um, not for the socks. No, I mean I'm hoping for the bike. Oh, is it only one? Is it only one? Is it not like one raffle? Yeah, no, it is one raffle. I was just, you know, making a oh, socks I joke. I mean, I've only got two hands. I can't do all the sock puppets myself. I need someone to. I will keep making sock jokes if you don't jump in any time with. I was just no. I was just imagining you putting it on a dating profile. I only have two hands. I can't make all the sock puppets. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird, weird thing to. I don't know why you're thinking about dating profiles all the time, but okay. Um, what about your dating profile? You should put. What? Should try I don't it. have a dating profile. What are you talking about? Um, over in the Samin, eight riders have attacked. We don't know who they are, but then they're all together in a big bunch. So attack, <laughs> attack, attack. Woo. Um, I liked the video of Caroline Buchanan with some little tiny Australian BMX riders to be. Well, this is one of the things that, that she's done with her increased profile um, in in her sporting disciplines of choice being BMX and, and um, some Full mountain cross. biking as well now. Well, yeah, what is it? Is it mountain cross? Full cross. Full cross. Right. Okay. Last year, Caroline Buchanan won the BMX World, World Champions title, the Full Cross World Champions title, and she came fifth in the downhill mountain bikes World Championship. Yeah, she's yeah. a little bit crazy. So she's, she's what we like to call here an underachiever. Um, she called herself, I'm a bit of a mongrel. Can you say I'm a bit of a mongrel in proper Aussie for yeah, me? Yeah, she's a bit of a mongrel. Like, no, that was too that was too clean. She's a bit of a mongrel. And they do it properly, like, you know, real proper got, Aussie. Got, got a bit of mongrel in her. Yeah. Bit anyway, of, she's, um, she, that's her quote. She's she's fantastic. And, yeah, she's, I, I like that video. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah, no, it's very cool. And it's it's also great to, to see, you know, uh, I mean, lots of riders do it, um, so you know, you don't want to single her out, um, you know, significant, significantly ahead of anyone else. But uh, I always love the stories of riders giving stuff back to communities and to juniors and to charities and, and that sort of thing. It's always cool to see. So yeah, yeah, adorable. And yeah, more things in our podcast in mm. our post. Yes, yeah, lots of things to click, watch, see, read do and as always you can harass and harangue us on uh, on twitter if you want to get hold of sarah she's at underscore pigeons underscore um if you want to get a hold of me just tell sarah she'll berate me for you um <laughs> dan is at dan w official i i am um and if you're rude to me i'll be rude to you so we can all have lots of fun uh also feel free to to drop us a note in the the comments and if you are actually signed up for the podium cafe virtual director sportive game do let sarah or i know and we'll add you to our own our own private sub league and we can all all laugh at how terribly i'm doing compared to sarah yeah, because I, she I, tricked me into not getting amy peters <sighs> Honestly, this boy, he, he's he got riders in his team that I specifically told him not to hire. 
I would never just do the opposite of what you tell me just to annoy you. I wouldn't he do asked that. my opinion. He asked my opinion. Oh, Sarah, please, can you help me with this? La, 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 la. And then he went on, and then he just did, did what he wanted anyway. I don't know why you think a guy would decide that his own opinions were, you know, more interesting and compelling. Well, all I can say is I really, 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 really hope I beat you. Like, I really <laughs> yeah, hope I you, beat you. You hoped that anyway. Like, you see, this is, the, this is the problem for you. You're in that situation of, like, you're Mariana Voss in this competition and I'm everyone else. Where I'm so if, not Mariana where, Voss. Where if, no, no, between you and I. If if I beat you, it's like a great underdog story. Um, and if you win, it's just what everyone expects anyway. So <laughs> I won't win. I I never won this. No, 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 no. I don't mean win overall. I mean between you and I. That's what I'm saying. Between the two of us, you're marrying oh. a boss, and I'm the rest of the field. So, yeah, it's like it's literally impossible for me to lose this because if you win, everyone's just like, yeah, well, that's Sarah. Of course, she was going to beat Dan. Um, you know. Whereas if I you win. If I win, it's going to be like, wow, Dan really pulled it out this year, beat Sarah. I did beat you last year, though, I have to admit, so... I didn't have a team last year. Not my fault. Your team last year scored zero points. That's not my fault. <sighs> I told you to put Amy Peters on it, and you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should stop now and go... Go watch the end yep. of Le Seven. And... Yeah, where, where are we up to in the cement? Uh, third time past the, the finish line, so two laps to go. Oh, no, there is one more thing that we need to talk about, and I can't talk about it. Oh, yes, well, that, that's true. Well, you can talk about it. You should talk about it. Sarah needs to, to thank um, the, the folks over at Total Women's Cycling because uh, she was nominated for and then won a, uh, a very kind award there. What was the, what's the official name of the, the Total Women's Cycling Award? Um, blogger of the year. Blogger of the year. There we go. Um, so congratulations, no, I, I, Sarah. Well done. No, no, no. Like, like, look, I know it can be uncomfortable receiving um, awards and recognition and stuff like that. But it, uh, like, uh, on behalf of the small contribution I make to to this thing, I'm really proud of you. So congratulations. Well done. And I, no, I, I don't. I am. I do get embarrassed about things like this. But I really, really, really want to thank anyone who voted for me because it was a voted award. So thank you, thank mm. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Sarah's also actually been shortlisted as a finalist for Cycling Victoria's. Um, I, I, I think it's. I think it's Journalist of the Year for Women's Cycling. Or, no, it's not that. It's, 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 it's no? something else. It's I, Excellence in Covering Women's Cycling. Excellence in Covering Women's Cycling, that's right, yes. See, I'm not so good with the names. Um, introduce him to, to your kid and I'll call them something different. But uh, the point is, again, congratulations. Good on you, mate. Well done. Um, and we'll find out in uh, a little while who, who the winner of that award is, but it's it's an honour to be nominated, especially because, it you know, being... Well, and especially being, you know, not just outside of Victoria, but outside of Australia, um, you know. But, um, you know, when that when, when wind of that award came up, I looked back, and, and you've done quite a bit over the last 12 months covering um, Victorian cyclists, women's cycling in Victoria, and cycling events in Victoria, so... Um, you know, congrats again. Well done. Thank you very much. And thank you. Thank you. I, 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 yes, thank you. I do really appreciate you all and lovely, lovely, lovely people. Um, out in the Samin, um, attack by Jesse Darms, Chloe Hosking, Anna van der Breggen and, um, Micah Polspol. 
Oh, okay. Well, that is interesting set. We'll be watching that. Um, coming up this week, we also have um, we've got all the El Salvador races, and we've also got the Omloop Van Hageland, also known as Tilt Tiltwinger. Tiltwinger. I can't say it. I'm so sorry. My accent. One day I'll yeah, learn. Yeah, I, I want to say Tiltwinger, but I I, I don't know. Um, I've got a guide. If you want to follow any of these races, I've got a guide on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. And yes, um, join you have races. to you have to type that phonetically. You've got to get the accent and the sound of it very right. Prowomenscycling.com. It is yes. hard to type with a tone of authority and bombasticness, but you can do it. So yes, yes. and yes, and thank you, for, thank you as always for listening. We love you and appreciate you, and give us a shout with anything. And yes, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. You will also put up. Um, because by the time this goes up, the Samin will have finished, so we'll put up and um, we'll put up some links to that as well. Woohoo! And we'll talk to Woo-hoo. you again soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.